recording. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Welling Court Mural Festival. We are here right now and in uh, Astoria, Queens. That's correct. And we are enjoying everyone getting started here on the walls around us. I see uh, right now Joel Artista along with uh, Mark Evan and Chris Soria painting. Lopi is right across the way. Two Fly, Findiz Create bunch of people are working right now yeah and there's some people who have finished their walls one of which we're going to be talking with in just a minute and here at the panel today for sold mag uh, in the spray room we have myself john domine uh bike girl hello and our very own big ronnie why didn't you say brooklyn's own big Ronnie? it's the first time ever because we're in queens. queens i got Whoa, a little but if i can't rep home what's the point i got a little sidetrack hey jpl come on over oh there he is Hurry up. hey guys what's going on you going to sit in with us for our special guest today? I think I will. I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Who do sit, we have on? Sitting in with us today is uh, the illustrious man of mystery, the man with nine little helpers in his studio helping him. That's the only way you can create the amount of work that he creates on a daily basis. Zimad. What's up, Pim? Hey, what's up? What's up? Welcome. Yeah, I got I, I got my little team probably in the studio now. That's the only way you can do what you do. Come on. You got the school of art. Uh, yeah, you no. Oompa Loompas? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Little, little mini-me's, you know? So what do you think? What do you think of the festival so far? So far, it's great. Um, I'm glad the weather's holding up. You know, I was kind of worried that, um, that it was going to be stormy weather today. And, um, oh, one second. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we was, I was worried about the weather, so I actually came out Wednesday, you know, just to get a jump start on my wall. Now, uh, tell us about the piece. Uh, the piece is is a mashup of Zimad pieces. Like, I did, like, nine different Zimad pieces or portion of pieces that I've done in the past. And it's kind of like a timeline. Some of the pieces are styles that I did in the 80s. Some was in the 90s and some are now. So it's kind of like a, a retrospect of Zimad. So I call it the Zimad Mash. And it's actually got four characters on it, a train. So it's a lot of work. Is it Now, do you think you put as much time into planning one of the big murals as you do with all the, the intricacies you put in on those miniatures that you do? Um, like that one you sent me last week was just, that was fire. Yeah, was no. Crazy. Um, you know what? I put, I put the same... I put the same for all my pieces. Like, like you know, I don't, I don't really. How, how you gonna? How can I say it? Um, you don't really think about it. You're just doing what you do. So it's kind of like you know, this is what I do, and I'm gonna do it at that level. I will never shorten that level to like something simple. I just want to keep at that level. Now, Bike Girl, uh, let's assume that our, all of our listeners just woke up from a 25 year coma. Um, why don't you catch them up on the, the prolificness, and that's a word, of this man in front of us, please. Well, he's one of the, I mean, how do you put it? You're one of the old dudes, and I don't want to say old yeah. as age, but I you am. know. I am. You're one of the pioneers. <laughs> yeah. um, I wouldn't say pioneer, I, but I came in at a point that was uh, the probably one of my best and favorite times. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the, the one... Huh? Yeah, tell us about tell, tell us about what you did when you first started. Well, I started in 1979, and um, I used to like I, I got influenced by some of the older kids that were writing graffiti in, in the, the hallway of the projects I lived in, or and the, and the handball courts, and um, I, I took interest in that. Uh, it caught my eye. It was like, wow, people are leaving their mark, you know, wherever they go. Z, let me and, stop you real yeah. quick. 
those people that influence you to start yeah where do you know if any of them continued on in their art career or did that like you know what well, I mean? if they influenced you to get started and yeah you took it from there and went where you did in your art career yeah yeah are any of those people that influenced you they, still they're actually too? yeah there's there's quite a few that are actually um making a living you know doing gallery shows now with it and the 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 most fortunate thing is like we're in a time where people could connect to each other so i get to like talk to those people i looked up to and kind of got influenced by you right. know and now i'm friends with them so it's, it's pretty cool well you you're know? in the same club yeah we're in the same club now yeah but when you look at the early days of graffiti the only club was the crew that you were in you didn't really like let's say you right you, you like somebody from a different crew but you didn't put it out there you know it was never like i'm never going to be friends you're you're the opposing crew or whatever so when in history did that change when did it become less about your crews being more about your neighborhood and more about just the art in general i think um i think it it, it sprung up when street art started really springing up you know and it kind of made it a little bit more acceptable you know i so i would say like you know, maybe 2000, 2001. So pretty recent. It, it was kind of, because that's also around the time that I started meeting people, like, you know, that I looked up to. So would you consider yourself still, are you a writer or are you a street artist or are you a mesh of the two? Or what would you say would be your, how I, would people define your work? I'm a writer. I'll always be a writer to the day I die because that's, you know, that's what I do. Uh, that's my passion, writing. And, um, and that's your roots. Too. That's my roots. Yeah. You know, that's all our roots. So it's actually embedded into our DNA. You know, when, when, when you look at it, it's like it will never go away. I could be a fine artist from this day on. I'll always be a writer. It's very true. All right. So then, uh, noob question, because that's my job on this panel. Um, to someone that's been around since before the term street art was what it is today what's the difference between graffiti and street art it's not just legal illegal anymore because everybody crosses over so where 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 is that in 2018 in your mind for someone that has been here since it was created yeah that's a it's it's a i don't know it's a tricky question it's i think I, everybody I, has their own definition yeah yeah I, see, like you know i i I know with street art, you know, it, it, it seems to be more like out-of-school type art that they, you know, they just got out of college and now they're artists and they want to try a new medium, spray paint. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, you're using the same tools, but, like, I think um, with street artists, um, they don't follow the same rules as the graffiti artists follow. And I think that... Is right. where what are the rules? A All right, let's talk about the OG rules first. Now, yeah, let's do I'm, some educating. Now, I'm from Brooklyn. There are certain things you do. There are certain things you don't do. You don't yeah. go over somebody's shit unless you want them to know about it and have a problem with you. Yeah, and right off you, the bat, and if you do go over it, make sure you go over it completely. And you cover everything. Today, you don't leave someone, any of their shit going through. Part of it up there. All right, what else? Disrespecting them. What were yeah. the OG rules? Besides, OG when rules. you go over somebody, it's beef. Yeah, unless you're going to go over somebody, you know, you won't go over somebody unless you have beef with them. But, like, the, the rules were always um, a throwy over a tag, a blocky over a throwy, a piece 
over a blocky, a burner over a piece, and that was that was it. And when you did do it, when you you, you come, huh? When you went the wrong way, yeah. When you didn't cover it, yeah. It was a message. Yeah. You you sure. got you gotta you gotta cover you gotta cover what you did, because the other person, if it's showing, it's showing like I just dissed you, right? You know, it, and it's. That's where the the you know battles start to begin. Now, complete you know? coverage is cool. Yeah, yeah. That is. Absolutely. I took the spot. Take it back. And, and, and yeah, right. And, and most most of the times, you know, writers um, claimed walls. It wasn't their wall, but like once they got up on that wall, that was their wall. And if you came and did something on that wall, you're gonna go back and go over and claim your wall. Staking and, your territory. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of like you know, once I say that that's my spot. You know, that's that's my spot. Don't tag on it because if I see your tag on it, I'm gonna go over you. So yeah, it, it creates beef, but that's that was the rules. Now, how about how about anything that wasn't you know spot jockey related? Anything that wasn't a location or or blatant disrespect? Were there other things around that people did or didn't do that kids don't do today? Cool. Respect wise. I think this is a new this is a new generation, you know, and this generation, I, I, I give it I give it up to them, you know, they're working under situations like we never worked. We never had to worry about cameras on every single block that could follow us completely home, you know, twenty miles away, and they'll track you. Oh yeah, you like know. the guys from Spain. I mean, yeah. they just they knew everywhere they they knew yeah. where they'd gone to the bathroom and what they'd had for yeah. dinner by the next so, day. So I, I I give it up to the new the new generation because they got balls to do it. You know, in that situation alone, and also now like you know they want to really prosecute you when you get caught. You know, it ain't like a like they're gonna spray your hands or your hoodie, you know, and say get the hell out of here. What they want to do is they want to lock you up and give you you know start giving you a record on it you know so they could they could fry you for something you know i mean they, on. they even do that for stickers now huh yeah. Ronnie? stickers yeah. Yeah. yeah i i heard um i heard <laughs> oh, yeah. this story that ron english they he was throwing up a sticker and they they caught him and they wanted to put and him they got the space process. invader and shepherd fairy both yeah. for stickers Phoebe. and, and yeah. someone Forget else that's near and dear to our sold heart yeah. had a sticker sticker yeah. situation so you mentioned uh, the whole, you know, the difference between graffiti writers and street artists, and that there could be some problems because. Uh, do you think it's largely because the, the street artists don't speaking know to the those mic, please, rule, sir. Those, they don't know those those rules, and they're so they're not following well the they're, rules of the street. Yeah, when when if you're going to cover something, come cover it completely, and yeah. don't leave somebody's stuff hanging out. And those rules are, I see that a lot. Like they could be a, either whether it's a we paste on over somebody that you could still see it. You know, and that's where the wars begin. And you know, a graffiti artist will take that shit to heart. A street artist will not take that to heart to a graffiti artist. Well, they're going to get butt hurt over like, it, and no, in their own yeah, way, but they yeah. don't know that they got to come back and either yeah. take it back or reach out yeah, or like, you know, exactly maintain that and line. That goes, you know, that goes back to the territory thing. You know, that was my spot. Don't write on. Don't put a wee paste on my on my wall. So I wanted to, to switch real quick just because I was – I just to bring it back to when I first – well, I saw you yesterday yeah. start on your wall. Actually, you were kind of finishing your wall, but I was He's really fast. excited to – Yeah, He's but I was really excited to see you out because this is the first time in a long time that I've seen you up on a wall painting, and you've been yeah. doing a lot recently. And so I'm, re- I'm really excited to see you back out there. And, yeah. You know, you look like yeah. you look stronger than ever and just ready to Thank hit the you. walls hard. Thank so. you. 
Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I'm coming out of the gate strong. I want, I want people to know that I'm back, you know, and I'm not coming back like with like bullshit. I'm, I'm coming back and I'm gonna hit you with everything I got. Because nice. like you know, when when I was sick last year, um, and didn't get the pain for a year, you know, it, I really missed it, and now I, I appreciate it so much that I want to give my all. You know, yeah. There's a, there's still a lot of people that don't know I'm back, but like I'm. You I'm never put, left. I'm putting a message out there, you know. Yeah, it so seems like you were still creating in the studio and doing. You know, you were painting yeah. in that too, even. I'm sure it was a, a hard to do at that point, you know, oh, yeah. getting back into it. But it seems like you're just raring to go right yeah. now. So. You know, I, I appreciate it more because not only the time that I didn't paint for like a year, um, but also, you know, you, I kind of appreciate like, you know, like doing it. And now it became fun again. So now I just want to just do it all the time. So in a way you feel revitalized but now? Oh, absolutely. Just, yeah. I have a new appreciation cool. as, as for for life, as well as for what I what I've done, you know. Yeah, very Cause, cool. Because uh, like you know, nobody's promised tomorrow, and you know what what happens if like even today I go home and get hit by a car or something, you know, you you gotta like live every moment like it's your last. Cool. I learned that, but I learned it yeah. kind of the hard way, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, something you wouldn't wish upon anyone, but from no. the perspective it gave you, yeah. it was almost a gift in yeah. some ways, right? Hold on, yeah. breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> in the middle of this interview, one of our co-host listeners disappeared, continued his piece on the wall. JPO is now back. <laughs> JPO, really, take us through Yo, what, no, no, take us through the mind you? of an artist. <laughs> Spray break. Take us through the mind of an artist that really goes into the 90 seconds of hard work that you just put in. Tell us. Tell us all about that, please. You lucky you, my friend. And <laughs> yeah, was that worth in it? <laughs> you kind of left him out uh, here for, for, for like a couple what? minutes. And Big Ronnie, twelve, JPO zero. Touch on, you know. You, you know what? I got I got to be. I got to be honest at this moment. I didn't know you was gone, dude. <laughs> 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 That's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> for, for those of you that who can't actually see speaks us. volumes, uh, so thank you for that. Especially oh. considering they're sitting across the table from each other. JP, was, uh, we, the way we position the table, he's staring directly at his piece, and I'm sure he's critiquing it even as I say this. Which, which section, like 1 to 12 around a clock, like what section were you going to work on next? And tell us why, quick. Uh, Go. The 1 o'clock, just because mm. it's so mm. What about 11? I think you need some work there, too. Absolutely. 1 and 11 are the two hot spots in my mind right now. Rock around the clock. Yeah. Speaking there of hot go, spots, your um, you're the only guy I see at the whole festival bare, sh- bare chested right yeah, now. Man. I have an even tan. Mm, no tan lines? That's what we're going for? That's what's up. All right. Imagine in your head you're like on California Beach. Just like, yeah, you know. Exactly. The concrete beach. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. How no. many people will that get to Welling? JPO in a Speedo or will it clear the streets? All right, that was the obligatory JPO ball-breaking section of the podcast. Now we can return to our special guest. I actually have uh, <laughs> something I'd like to bring up because for the guys that have been doing this forever, one of the things that I make that really sets you apart is the fact that this really is your career. Yes. This is not just your life, your lifestyle. This is your career. This is this so is everything. When did you choose? I mean, is this something you always knew you were going to do? Or is there a certain point when you were doing other things and you said, I can't do this. I have to figure out how to make this work. Um, 
Well, I started drawing at a young age, so I know uh, I was always an artist. Like, I would say the age of five. The age of five, I was already drawing cartoons and, and animation type stuff. So it, it's in my blood. So it's something that I've known, like, I, I'll never be able to live without. There was one little period in the 90s where I got a little depressed and I didn't paint for like a, a, like a good period of two years. Didn't even pick up a pencil to doodle or nothing. So it's kind of like, you know, that was the only time that, that really stopped me in my whole entire life. And I'm 53. So you figure like, you know, th- my whole life has been art. Well, I have to say, I had so much respect for the fact that even when this wasn't the big success, street art, everybody loves it, you still managed to figure out how to raise a family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's for any artist, I think that's something to set above because that's the struggle on some end is to figure out how to do what you love and yet be able to put food in your stomach. Well, before before I was able to start, you know, doing this um, as a career... Um, I worked jobs, and but most of those jobs were art-related as well. I was a I was a general foreman at Sotheby's auction house for 18 years, but like and that surrounded me with art that inspired me to do more art. So it's kind of like you know, even though like I I don't do that anymore. Now it's like my my job is my studio, or like coming out to the streets to paint something, and. Uh, it's my passion. I'm I'm so grateful that I'm able to do this. All right, Let, but let's jump into that because uh, the rarefied air of a professional, working, self-sustaining artist yes. is is elusive to a lot of younger artists starting out, and those that might be coming from the street art game, they're out of art school, or someone that has come up writing and doesn't know the right way to jump in. You know, look at some of the, and I don't mean anybody specific, but give some advice to the younger guys coming up, younger girls coming up, that you know, so an easy do or don't that yeah. that well, saved well, your butt along say, the way. I would say the first thing, the first thing would be if, if you have a, a a love interest, a wife, or whatever your situation um, with a with your significant other, um, make sure that they support what you do because they're the backbone of what you're going to do, you know, like if, if you want to do this as a career. And uh, another thing is networking and business cards and stickers and things that you could give to the people that you meet at shows. All right, but this is other side of the brain stuff that just seems brilliant to me because this is this is business 101. It's, it's yeah. you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's build your team. Uh, uh, I forget who the the magnet said. Is you get the right people on the bus before you decide where you're going? Well, yeah, you, you, know, you got to make you know, sure your I, team's I, locked I, down. That's what you're see, saying. I, I could break this. I could break this down so much that, or to a point where um, I could write a um, how to survive, how to survive doing street art for a living for dummies book. You know, and and just like teach this. Uh, as always, at Sp- sold. We're looking for sponsorship opportunities. I think we just came up with a nice product, uh, Zimad nice How I think to. It's a great idea for dummies. We'll they, reach out to Wiley's. Still have those. Yeah, of course, uh, yes, they do. Oh, Dummy very popular. Press is still very popular. Those things are like kind of classic too. Yeah. I love oh, yeah. those yeah. things. Kind of like you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect mesh. Of John, oh. don't pander to the guests. <laughs> Thank you. Come on, no, no pandering. No, no, no. Pure respect. No. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So, but those were really great right-brained suggestions. Yeah. Those were logical suggestions. See, I think about this type of stuff, and that's why you're successful. But what about the other side? 
what in the business end, you know, make some contacts, roll up your Rolodex. I get it. That all, and I think everybody knows you have to, yeah. you know, shake hands in order to meet people. Well, you, yeah, you got to be approachable too. Like if you're not approachable, nobody wants to deal with you. If you got like 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 you look like you're going to punch somebody in the face, nobody's going to come up to you. So you you lose those opportunities. So that's a big part of it too. So know? do you get uh, just to ask because a lot, I notice that some artists are very approachable on the streets. Yeah. Some not so much. How many opportunities have you gotten because you were on the streets? Um, lots. Um, I actually got the opportunity to design um, Air Jordans because I was in the street painting and I, I allowed a photographer to take my picture. And I was like, do me a favor, send me a copy of the photo. Thank you. You know, here's my card. And uh, I got a call like maybe three days later from somebody who was like, oh, um, somebody left a message for me about sneakers and i was like oh somebody wants me to paint their sneakers for them right you know i could charge them twenty dollars so they and then it's done or whatever and when i called back it ended up being nike the the nike farm like over in the west coast and they asked me if i wanted to design jordans which was like a shock wow. and then i figured wow, i found dude. out so it was there's all, a tip to the guys on the street from it's- painting a wall it's okay to keep the headphones in, but every once in a while you should turn and smile. Yeah, yeah. It's Although a, it's I understand also not yeah. not showing your face. There are people who don't want to show their face no, because they're yeah. still doing illegal work or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so I get that part, but but at least to be you know interacting with people, and you could say yeah. okay, no face or whatever, but still to be at least engaging the fan. Well, the, fans well, the out people there, right? that so. don't want to show their face, they don't want to be involved with that anyway. True. Right. You know, right. if yeah, they're yeah. doing illegals, that's what their passion is right, right now, and I can understand that because, like, doing illegals was the best, the best part of my career, just going out in the street and right. bombing, you know, and doing totally. what I had to do. I love that stuff. To this day, I wish I could be out there bombing every day, right? If I could. But so then, reality comes back, and you've got to make some money too. So, do you ever? Uh, does anyone ever say, you know, it, so say the whole Nike thing? Would yeah. anyone ever say, okay, that's a sellout because, I mean, I think, for me, I'm like, you're making money no, on it, great, you know, and you're it, doing it's, your art. It's, so. not, it's not a sellout because, I, for one thing, I put in my dues. Right. I already put in my dues, like, early 80s, you know. Um, and two, if you don't take it, the same person that says you're a sellout is the one that's going to take it. Yeah, exactly. Dude, well, that's everybody right. has a it's price. Just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's jealousy in the guise of it's a job. saying that you're being a sellout. It's everybody a, has a yeah. price yeah, because it's a, I, yeah. It's a job. And they'll yeah. just keep moving on because there's so many artists in the, wall, in the world that you could get, you know. And if you say no, the next person is going to be there waiting. Listen, so. I'd like to reference the words of the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase when he said, Everyone has a price. Absolutely. Give Everyone me the, the opportunity to sign on the dotted line and sell out, brother. Yeah. I'll probably take it. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's I mean, what I can different understand people are looking for or people with day jobs can say, hey, I don't need the cash. I'm not going after those types of paid gigs that kind of marketize my work. And I respect that. How I feel, I feel it's the next level and it's just bringing, bringing the graffiti world to their next plateau. Right. When, when you could do it, because you know what? Advertising companies will figure out a way with a graffiti font and won't hire you to do their job. At least now we're at another level where, um, where graffiti artists could afford to get paid for what they do. I mean, back in the day, we stole our paint. So it's kind of like we didn't have to, like, 
pay no money for paint. Nowadays, it's an expensive hobby. If you're going to do a nice piece, you've got to spend like $300, $360 on spray paint. All right, so let's talk about that. Turn around a second. How much do you think JPO spent in paint on this piece? If you said a nice piece is 350 Huh? Oh, for, I it's the, the amount of paint. Not I the, understand. Unfortunately. I'm, being, yes. I'm being sassy to JPO <laughs> because he's not at the table. He should be over here listening and learning. Well, you know, you learning. could comment on his color choices being off that oops spin. All right, so hold on. You oh, said, yeah, exactly. That's, hold on. Those, that's said, the reduced price paint on. over there. You said an artist has to uh, be accessible on the street. Hey, JPO. Hey, buddy. JPO. Yeah. All right. He missed. He wasn't listening. He should have <laughs> yeah, listened to that. Helicopter. We, yeah, yeah we've gotten the attention. Oh, yeah. Just of the so helicopters. you know, we're we're live out here at Welling Court, so you may hear helicopters, sirens, and they're looking whatnot, for so. yeah. Yeah. They're looking for what? Illegal they're graffiti for artists. Yeah. <laughs> we like breaking his jobs. <laughs> uh, You're missing some good stuff over here, brother. Get over here. It is the ed- a little education. <laughs> Zimad was teaching us that when an artist is working on the street, it's sometimes good not to have your headphones in and be approachable. Tell us how you feel about that, JPO. Uh, All right, volume two. (laughs) Break JPO's balls. Um, Yeah, I like to get in my my zone, man, when I paint, so I don't really care. See, I respect that. No, I do. See, you know what? I kind of get, I know how to turn off the zone. You know, it's kind of like you're in the zone, you're doing your thing. And if somebody approaches me, I stop. It's like an off button. And then, like, as soon as I get back into it, it, it doesn't take me too long to get back in that zone. So it's kind of like you can manage that. That's like years of experience. That takes, a, yeah, it takes a lot. You know, back in the day, um, nobody was really approachable. Uh, let's, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Nobody trusted anybody. Somebody could befriend you, invite you to go to the yards, and then he's setting you up. Because his boys are there ready to steal your paint, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, but now this is a different time where everybody should be approachable. I mean, it, 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 there's uh, advantages to that. But you're a social dude, as am I. You're, you're, you're a nice guy. The first time I met you, you, you were a sweetheart and a teddy bear, and, and I liked you. Thank you. But not everybody has that personality. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think when you're, you're coming from the I have to create and I don't really want to talk to people about it. Yeah. I'm still practicing. I'm still working. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I yeah. think that's hard for people to expose themselves at that point, yeah. isn't it? You, like you said, everybody has their own personality. So it's kind of like, you know, maybe that's just how the person is in general with life. You know, like uh, there could be somebody who's just shy and even though they're an artist you know that shyness still comes through so it's kind of like okay is that weird of them or is that how they are their whole life john serious question where do you think uh and i'm relying on your your education experience where how old are you when the personality really sets in as a child oh actually i think it's not even until really until after college where you or you know probably around your early 20s for boys i think so because in you know I think in high school and then a, a short yeah, but guys are their archetype. Sure, and, but you know by high school. But I no? think you. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I don't think you're solidified. I think you're trying to fit into what you think you're supposed to be, but it's not who you're going to be down the road. So I think it's you're not comfortable with yourself right, really that, until that's after. A, that's a little I, different. I, you're talking you know, about maturity. 
I just think who you are, really. Because mm. I think even, I think you're trying to just fit into this role. You know, people see you as yeah. the funny guy. They see you as the athlete. They see you as whatever role that you, they, they put you in. And you kind of fill that space. But then I think later on, you're like, well, I'm not really that. Or I'm partly that and partly something else. And you it just feel weird how, all how of you it. how it changes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at a point where um, I was like the nerdy kid. And then like overnight, and I think it became because of graffiti from the age of 14 on is when when graffiti came into my life it was is a big switch like i turned to a different person so do you think it was the confidence you got from that from doing that that you yeah, yeah. i i think it was the confidence of not getting my ass kicked in my neighborhood <laughs> being the only <laughs> being the only white boy in the neighborhood you know it's kind of like you know when you when you're doing graffiti and people start knowing who you are they start respecting you in the streets, and you get your street cred, and and people know not to fuck with that dude. Like everybody's got his back. He's dope. JPO, uh, why do you think some artists aren't really comfortable talking about their work and really describing, you know, what they create? I'm gonna have to think about that. All right, we'll, we'll come back to you. I won't forget. I have another question. Where does Zimad come from? Zimad came from a friend of mine. Uh, I was. Uh, when I was started, I was 14, and I was write, started writing my real name on the walls. And one of my friends like slapped me in the back of the head, and he's like, "Yo, you stupid or what? Like, like, you know, I, I gotta get you a tag, you know, because you know you can't You're be doing that." To your door. That this, yeah, and you are doing it in your neighborhood, so you kind of <laughs> like everybody knows who you are, dude. So stop it. And um, within a couple of days, he actually gave me the name Zematic. And I wrote that for like maybe five days before I shortened it to Zimad and had the name ever since. Yeah, that was like 79. Very cool. Yeah. JPO, do we have a, a thought on that answer? All right. We'll get back to you. <laughs> in five more minutes, you have more time to think. <laughs> JPO is still here. He's not at his yeah. wall in case you were wondering. <laughs> What was the question again? <laughs> why, why, why some yeah. artists have a hard time describing what they create? Well, we know JPO's answer already without even hearing him say it. <laughs> uh, fun times out here in Welling, Welling Court. All right, Everybody so come out. speaking of Welling, let's, uh, let's give a nice shout-out to uh, the man who put this all together. Uh, Garrison, nice job. Uh, support team, the screen printing operation, the canopy the power he took care of us and we appreciate it thank you very much very dope uh zimad before we break with you uh can you give the listeners uh you know your your online your hashtags your ads your sites so that they can uh throw some money at you hopefully okay um i have i have three three things that could happen like uh it's i got two instagram accounts which is zimad underscore art and then there's zimad underscore CBS, which is the crew I'm in, and the two websites show um, the same pieces at different views. So I may have a, a side angle or me actually doing a piece in one web, one of the Instagrams, and in the other one I would show just the the finished product. So people will have to follow both of them in order to see everything. So. It's like a breadcrumb trail. Yeah, yeah. Like so, it. yeah, Zimad underscore art, Zimad underscore CBS. And then I got my Facebook. 
you know, you could and Google me. You know, you could see everything by Googling Zimed. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming and sitting with thank us you. today. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we are sold out with Zimed.